Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. topic for this segment is death of a boyfriend, and our guest is Comfort Shields. At the age of 20, Comfort Shields lost her bipolar boyfriend to suicide. After 14 years, she shares her story in her book, Surviving Ben's Suicide. Comfort feels that she is both smarter and stronger for having survived this journey and looks to share her knowledge with others. Welcome to the show, Comfort. Thank you, Heidi. Hi, Hi Comfort. Hi, Great. Gloria. Great to have you on the show. I've, I've got to start with your name. How did you get your name, Comfort Shields? I love it. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, my parents actually named me after a scholar who was um, an expert on the Arthurian myth. But then we did, actually my grandfather did a genealogy years later and found out that we had uh, around 20 um, comforts in our family from uh, the, around the 16th century in England. And it was a popular man's name at that time. Uh, but they didn't know that when they when they named me. So. That's so interesting because now metaphorically you serve as a comfort shield for people. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, comfort. Um, it's been very. We're so happy to have uh, this topic on the show because we know that there are a lot of people who who have issues about uh, having boyfriends die. I would just recently saw someone who who had this issue, and it's. Um, and also the uh, fact that um, there was a mental illness with Ben. I think that is a, a lot of our audience are going to resonate with that today. Could you talk a little bit about Ben and your relationship? Sure. Um, I met Ben at Sarah Lawrence College when I was a freshman uh, there, and he um, he was a a sort of surprisingly, refreshingly well-read, articulate. Uh, gentle, spoken, this wonderful person, and uh, and we began a relationship, and dated for a year and a half, and the beginning of our relationship was was wonderful. Um, it was it was I would say healthy. It was euphoric, and we spent a lot of time talking about um, our experiences because I had recently survived um, the death of my friend through a, a bus crash in England. And so I was coping with issues of the fine line between life and death. And he had recently lost his mother to cancer, and uh, he was coping with those things. And you were doing something at Cambridge, is that right? Um, yes, yes. Later I went, I went to, well, that's right. Yes, before then. I, I had actually been back to, it was Oxford a few oh, times. Uh, and mm-hmm. I had, that's where I'd survived the, um, the death of my friend. We were in a, a bus crash, um, outside of Oxford during a summer program. And then I returned to, to Oxford later, um, a couple times to, to study and for graduate school. But yes, that had just recently happened when I met Ben. So we had a lot in common, and um, and you said he was he was trying to cope with his mother's death. Yes, he was. She okay. had he had actually been honorably, honorably discharged from the navy because he needed to come home to be with his mother because she was dying of cancer, and that had happened around a year before I met him. So he was grieving. Um, we were both grieving, and we helped each other with our grief. But it was only, well, I would say probably eight months 
seven or eight months into our relationship that I began to realize that Ben was actually struggling with serious mental illness. And later I found out that he was bipolar and also had borderline personality disorder. Now, had he been diagnosed when you met him as that? he had been diagnosed as being bipolar, and then later, um, towards the end of our relationship, he was diagnosed by somebody else also as being borderline. Was he on medication? He was. Off and on, he tried several different medications. Yeah. There were times in our relationship when he, when he wasn't on, on medication, um, when he was sort of in between uh, therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it did, it became very apparent, actually, during, he dropped out of Sarah Lawrence, and he took a trip by himself to Scandinavia and hiked um, for a couple weeks and came back from that trip to visit me that fall at Sarah Lawrence, and just, I, I barely recognized him. He was mm-hmm. gaunt and and sort of detached, and I uh, I began to really worry, but that that year, I saw him on weekends. We talked almost every you know every day on the phone, and he. At times, I felt that I really I I could get back to him, and he could sort of get back to himself. And he told me that he was seeing both a psychiatrist and a psychologist at that time um, when he had returned from Scandinavia. And so I had I really had hope. And and you but, got back together with him then. I did, I did, and the the relationship was difficult at times, particularly towards the end. He he at times became verbally abusive and was was struggling, you know, very apparently struggling with his with his illness. And sometimes he would take that out on me. And um, but I felt because he wanted to help himself and because he was getting therapy, and because I loved him, that I had a responsibility to try to work through that with him. Um, but towards, a- after around, I guess it was around 16 months after we had been dating, he began to be extremely ill. I, I hardly I hardly recognized him anymore, you know, his voice. And he, um, I, I told him at that point he needed to get better care because I, f- I felt that, he was a danger to himself and that I, my being in his life at that point was not helping him. And I said, you know, please be in touch after you get um, better better treatment. Um, and I was only 20 years old at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I, I had no idea. Well, I think usually people don't have any idea that, that this will actually happen. But just a right. couple months later... We got a call from his aunt uh, to tell us that he had driven from his apartment in Washington, D.C., all the way to the eastern coast of the United States to, to, um, to Maine, to Lubeck, Maine, and walked along trails and shot himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was sort of the beginning of my, well, I call it my crossroads. It was, um, it was where my, my journey began um, because it was, I, I felt like I was left in this horrible wake and I had these just tremendous emotions to cope with. And I started to look for books specifically aimed at a partner who had lost somebody to suicide. Even and partner I, lost somebody to anything, I, I think well, you wouldn't yeah. find. Yes, exactly. And and I just didn't find find anything. And... Um, 
And so I, I, that's when I promised myself that I would start writing. And, and also being young, uh, also, you know, there isn't, a, even if you're a widow, there isn't a lot for young people, but you're really in kind of limbo when you're a partner to somebody who dies, aren't you? Yes, well, And I would think being young, Mom, adds a whole other thing because I'm sure that Comfort got things like you'll, you're young, there's a lot of guys out there, you know, he was only your boyfriend. Yes, that's, that's true. I felt, I really did feel disenfranchised. I, I would tell people, I remember actually during my summer job, I went to my, uh, to my boss, I was a camp counselor uh, that summer, and asked her if I could take off a few days to go to the funeral, to go to Ben's funeral. And she said, well, it's not like you were married or something. He was just a boyfriend. Do you really wow. need to go? <laughs> she didn't want to have to, you know, find a replacement for me, but didn't take my grief seriously. And mm-hmm. I heard that kind of thing a lot because I was young and because I was only a girlfriend um, that it was almost, I felt almost as if people didn't feel that I had, that I sort of deserved or needed to take time to mourn. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Well, that, we, uh, Heidi, uh, I think has a couple of emails that we've received. Should we take one now, Heidi? That sure. I think okay, might I think the first this. one. It's from Tanya, who lives in New York, and she says, My boyfriend was killed in the World Trade Center on 9-11 almost seven years ago, and I'm finding it difficult to invest in a new relationship because I keep comparing everyone to Paul. Um, do you have any advice? That's, yeah, that's, oh, what a, what a good question. Um, I, I would say, you know, maybe she, she needs to, she needs to give it maybe possibly more time, even though obviously a lot of time has gone by. Um, what you happened know, with you, Comfort? Now you mm-hmm. re, you met someone. How long after? I did. Well, for me, um, we married, uh, five years after, okay. uh, after Ben took his life. And do you um, feel that you compare people to Ben or no? Um, I I didn't, but I would say that I worked I I worked through my my feelings for so long, both both with uh, a counselor and also by through my writing, that I I I feel that I can separate um, my feelings about Ben with you know with. With other people, now, did you did, did you do any group thing or or just strictly with a, a private therapist? Or I did. I went to um, I went to a group, a bereavement group, but it wasn't specifically catered to suicide at that time where I was. Like I couldn't find one near enough to me, um, but it was that was very helpful. And um, now, were there younger people there or? There were. It was at it was at Sarah Lawrence. It was okay. college students, and and I it made me feel much less alone. Um, when I, so so maybe trying to find a group of younger people uh, may yeah. not be easy. Do you know anything about that? I don't know. Um, I, that's interesting that Sarah Lawrence had it. it. Yeah, it's great. Was it through their counseling center? It was. I found out about it mm-hmm. through them, and I from what I know, I think a, a lot of um, colleges do. You know, I'm thinking if we've got a young. A woman who's listening, uh, maybe even if they're not in college, they could get in touch with their local college. Yes, absolutely. That's a great. That's a great idea for a resource. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, tell us about what uh, made you decide to write the book, Saving Ben's. I mean, Surviving Ben's Suicide. And and some people thought you shouldn't write a memoir, right? You shouldn't do a novel if you're going to do this. 
That's true. I, I heard that from a lot of people. Um, I decided if I was going to write this that it had to be as honest and open as possible because I, um, I, I hoped at least that that once it was out there that there would be people reading it who had gone through other similar experiences in one way or another, and I felt that my book would not ring true to them if, if, I, if I wasn't open about what had happened to me. And suicide is filled with difficult and sometimes, you know, ugly events. It's, it's not a pretty thing, and I felt I couldn't sort of dress it up to be something that it wasn't. So I felt I needed to, to be quite open. And, um, and I really, I decided I had, I've been working on this for years, but it was a few years ago I was propelled to, um, to finish it and, and publish it because there was a study, a Danish study in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health that really proved that there is a serious increase, um, in the risk of suicide after a partner has committed suicide. And oh, yeah. It showed that women actually are seven times more likely to um, commit suicide themselves, and men are 46 times more likely to commit wow. suicide themselves. If their partner after, has committed suicide. Yes, after a that's partner amazing. suicide. And I, that's something that I have always, you know, I had wondered, and I knew there was a link, and I and I, I Because just, you must have felt that way? Did you yes, have those feelings? Yes, I knew how I had been affected, um, and and how did you pull yourself out of that? I, it was a long process, but um, I, I started to I started to forgive myself. Really, I had some people I think have a lot of anger towards their partner um, after they commit suicide. I had some anger, but most of my anger was directed at myself. And was and it, was it started, guilt for not for not being able to save him? Yes, it was. It was a lot mm-hmm. of guilt, and it wasn't. Um, it it wasn't. It was something that I knew uh, I shouldn't be feeling intellectually, mm-hmm. but right. I still felt it. I, I looked at myself after this happened, and I wondered why I couldn't have stopped him. Well, well like you said, sometimes our, our heart and our heads are in different places. So rationally you knew, but your heart still felt very guilty and guilt-ridden. Yes, yeah, I, they definitely felt disconnected to me, that's true. Mm-hmm. And, and so those feelings took me a long time to work through. Um, but I started to, to realize after talking with other people and, um, and really working on this book, it was it's it was interesting listening to Fran Dorf. Your, your interview with Fran Dorf. Um, I, for me, writing was also extremely healing, and it was really. I feel that writing actually can transform um, a person's thoughts. For me, it certainly did. I, I think um, I began to to realize. Certain things, put certain things in perspective. Uh, Comfort, um, Heidi's got an email that I wanted to make sure we got to before um, we move on to other things. But, oh, but first of all, I want to ask, tell people how to get to your website. Great, it's comfortshields.com. Okay, so comfortshields.com. And also, you can get her book on Amazon, I assume? Yes, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or order it from any bookstore nationwide. And it's also on our website. So, uh, Heidi, did you want to uh, give us that email? 
Sure. It's um, from Rick in Marin, California, and it says, My mother suggested I listen to the show today because your guest boyfriend died by suicide. My girlfriend died by suicide a month ago, and I still haven't been back into our apartment to go through her things. I really don't want to go through her stuff. Would, would you suggest that I take someone with me? Absolutely. I, oh, um, I would say... Um, I don't know what his circumstances are if he needs to go at mm-hmm. this time or if he could wait a little longer. A month isn't, isn't much time. But if he needs to go, um, I, I would absolutely suggest that he has support and, um, and, and talk with uh, his, his friend or relative before going together to, um, to talk about how he might feel once he, once he gets in um, into her home and um, what feelings might come up so that those feelings don't take him, you know, perhaps so completely by surprise. Um, and he's, he's as prepared as one perhaps can be. I mean, I would imagine that would be very difficult to go back in the first time. Did you have someone with you? Or did I... you have that experience where you had to go into the apartment? I didn't go in. Um, his family, his family did that. Um, mm-hmm. But I did visit his family after his death. Uh, he has just an extraordinary family. I, I still actually can't believe how um, giving they were to me in their in their time of grief. But I, I went to their home, and so I, I saw his things and his pictures, and you know they gave me some of his his. Clothing, and um, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, finding just pieces of hair on his sweater, and how mm-hmm. painful that was, and the the memories that that brought back. Um, and luckily, I was with them <laughs> when I saw those things, and right. so I, you know, we could embrace each other. But I can't imagine having sort of been even at their home alone. So absolutely, mm-hmm. I would say he he should have support. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough if it's an apartment because, you know, you're paying rent and those practical things. What but it, yeah. you're right. I mean, some people leave rooms for years. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, yes. It, you yes. know, that's really a difficult situation. Oh, I'll say. Yeah, and and uh, we want to thank uh, for the email. And uh, you can also email us and uh, comfort more, and we could give you some more thoughts on it let us know what, what has happened. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, Comfort, um, I wanted to also say that, if, if, you know, there's this whole mental illness thing uh, of how people survive that after. I know we've got a whole audience out there who have had to deal with somebody who had problems. And and what advice would you have for them if they've recently had someone commit suicide and and uh, are feeling, what, guilt, shame, uh, I don't know, what, all those emotions? Anger, rage. Yeah. I would say that it's it's healthy and normal to to go through um, a process of letting yourself feel those emotions, um, and it's normal to feel most of those emotions. We all grieve differently, but I um, I would say um, that you know at least for me, coping with knowing that Ben had mental illness over time, I started to to realize that I didn't have control over that. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. At, at his funeral, I actually saw his 
therapist. Um, he was he was there and 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 sort of walked up to me and his jaw dropped when he saw me and said, "You must be comfort." And I had this feeling, you know, when I saw him, just thinking he neither of us could save could save Ben and right. and it's all you know, the love and support in the world can't save someone yes, sometimes. Yes, sometimes, many times the the right combination of medication and and counseling does, but mm-hmm. sometimes as in Ben's case it just doesn't and uh and his therapist actually just had seen him days before he took that drive to Maine and had thought that he was in a better place than he had been in for a long time. Of course, we know that with suicide, uh, people oftentimes have a plan now, they're feeling better, and that's so devastating to the family because they are looking to a totally different direction or a, a partner. Yes. Well, Comfort, um, we want to thank you for being on the show today, and I, I know that your book is going to be very helpful for a lot of people, and we hope that you'll get it, Surviving Ben's Suicide. It's a great memoir from Comfort Shields, and um, good luck on your uh, new work that you're doing, and uh, People can keep in touch with you by going to your website and also uh, going to the foundation site. And as I said, there's uh, um, uh, ask the author. You're the featured person on the site today. Thanks, Thank Comfort. You. Thank you, Heidi. Wonderful to be with you. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.